Open the door and step inside to a world of practical magic, where we blend the mystical and mundane worlds of the everyday witch. Presented by Wise Woman Witchery and hosted by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade-Lewis. Welcome to The Witch Next Door. I'm Emily. I'm Veronica. And this week we're talking about building your practice or building blocks of your practice or like all of that. Evolution. Evolution of your practice. Of your practice. Yeah. What Veronica said. <laughs> but I also want to talk about the building blocks because I feel like that's part of the evolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, is all the pieces that we draw on and deepen and learn over time and how those, the evolution of those, right? Because the things we learned in the beginning might not be the things we're practicing now. Yeah, I feel like it was a little bit more um, by the book in the beginning. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Like making sure you got it all right. Yeah. Did I say the right words? Yeah, exactly. Is is my circle really cast? Is my altar correct? Oh my God. (laughs) What's, I'm, I'm a bad witch. What's going to happen yeah. to me if I do this wrong? Yeah. I think we talked a little bit about yeah. that in oh, like a totally podcast have. called, yeah. uh, what was that one we did? I'm, do, I'm doing this wrong. Am I doing this wrong? Something no, like that. I don't know. Yeah. But something like that. Yeah. Or maybe I just thought I talked about that. <laughs> no, we did. I remember. <laughs> yeah. So that's, I think one of the things that I see pop up over and over and over again in some of these like. Facebook groups and just all over the internet of people, you know, calling themselves baby witches Mm -hmm. and then, you know, going, I don't know how to do this. What if I do this? Is this right? What if I leave my moon water out too long and it gets sun in it? And like all these questions, (laughs) I'm not, you laugh, but this is real. Like people worry about this stuff. And some people practice so strictly that they believe that that's not okay. I'm just laughing because I remember I've I've left my moon water out all day long and then the next day and then I'm like, oh wow, I left that out. <laughs> That's extra charge. We yeah. got some solar and some lunar yeah. and nothing's happening out there. Yeah. I've done that too. I think we've all done it, yeah. right? Um, yeah, I mean, because life. Yeah, exactly. You have other things you're doing, you're not thinking about like first thing in the morning I'm going to grab well, sometimes, but you know, you know what I mean. I set a timer sometimes on my yeah. phone. Oh, do you? It's like an alarm to remind me to go out. Like I just, because I, because I just charged that we had that lunar eclipse. eclipse. Oh, I meant to do something and I right? totally just So didn't. I charged up all of these pendulums to put in my shop. Ooh, and uh, cool. because, you know, the eclipse, you're the scene, the unseen, the scene, it's like this veil. And so when the eclipse opens, I felt like, oh, it's this opening and this time that you can start to see things. So I put them all out there. And then I was like, set myself, a little, even though I remembered to get up and go look at the eclipse, I had to remember to go out and grab all of those things before the sun like started to really come up. Um, although I thought about leaving them out for a while because the eclipse wasn't totally empty. Yeah. It was interesting that the it way that sun was time. coming up yeah. as, yeah. as the moon it was, was setting, setting. Yeah. And it's coming out of the eclipse. Yeah. Yeah. I waited until the moon had set. Nice. So that it was then it that's was very hidden. witchy thank you oh, i God. really want one of those pendulums now <laughs> do you well you know what i can hook you up dude. okay thanks <laughs> we have labradorite or moonstone you decide cool yeah. anyway my point being that sometimes we forget things and other times if it's really if it's something really important to us sometimes we set a timer 
<laughs> I say we, I mean, Emily does that. Yeah. Cause I was like, that <laughs> never would have occurred to me. Just really? Like, oh, remember to blah, blah, blah. I just put that, say it over and over again in my head. You know, I feel like I have so many things in my head at any given moment that I yeah. have to either write it down or set an alarm mm-hmm. for it, a reminder for it, or it gets dropped. Or you're going to have sun in your moon water. Right. <laughs> and there are worse things that can yeah, happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because the moon is still shining somewhere. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's how it works. Right. The energy is happening. Yeah. Whether it's like, like we're having, Gina, we're having a solar eclipse on the new moon. What? It's called an annular eclipse. Okay. So this Thursday, the 10th of June, there is a new moon in yep. Gemini. Mm-hmm. And that new moon, there is a full solar eclipse happening. So what, what some people call the ring of fire. Yeah. Now, we won't be able to see it here in California because, of course, I looked that up. Yeah. Because <laughs> solar eclipses are, I mean, that's a totally different energy. It is. It's a totally trippy. different energy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Wow. But, you know, when these things are happening. I forgot where I was going with that. I guess just remind yourself. You need a reminder. <laughs> is that where I was going with that? I don't know. This is you, my brain. You were talking about this Thursday. Right. But I was talking about it because I was talking about needing a reminder for, oh, for events, okay. important events that yeah. happen. Yeah. I think that's what I was talking about or something about your, oh, maybe I was thinking, <laughs> sorry, everyone. Uh, you get to hear how my brain works, which is really, uh, it's messy, uh, but <laughs> I was thinking about the sun and the moon together because mm-hmm. that's really what happens in that solar eclipse, that the annular solar eclipse. It's the new moon covering the sun, right? Mm-hmm. So you get both of those energies intermingled, which is kind of fascinating. It is. So there you go. Rock on <laughs> with your eclipsing selves. Yeah, that's not part of our talk today. <laughs> but it just happened, so it is. <laughs> The evolution of the practice. And I kind of started with like, hey, I used to be like by the book. Yes. You know, like where I would, I read in, you know, whatever, Scott Cunningham's Solitary. Yeah. Book. What was your first book? Like, Do you know, remember? Um, actually, it was, it was Spiral Dance was my first witchy book um, by Starhawk. I think. Amazing book. I think Buckland's book, that blue. Oh, Buckland's yeah, yeah, yeah. Beginning yeah. Witchcraft I didn't get book. that one till later. I think that might have been my first one, but then Spiral Dance was pretty close in there. And then, uh, no, that, well, the another one that I got early on was Drawing Down the Moon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That actually might have been my first one. Was it? I think so. Um, and then Witchcrafting. Uh, I also got, but I got witchcrafting after I had read Book of Shadows, which is the same author mm-hmm. who it's her memoir of her journey, uh, Phyllis Currot or Crow. I'm not sure how you say her last name. I don't know how to say it. Did you read those books? I I think. Wait, the Book of Shadows. Yes, I yes. did. Yeah, yeah. A long time ago. <laughs> it was a long time ago. I think I was in. Was I? I was still in college, like my uh-huh. first round of college yep. before graduate school as an undergrad. Um, so that's like, that's kind of a lot of years ago. I started more like new, like Starhawk, new age goddess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then actually was like, oh, I wonder about these fun, like spell books and uh-huh. you know, which one oh one stuff. So I like, I kind of went back that, like I started with the kind of new age goddess celebrating the earth and the uh-huh. goddess and then went back to more like oh, you burned this candle for this kind of thing, you know? Yes. Like more of the logistical parts of it. Totally. Yeah. I think I've 
I think mine has been a mismatch, much like my brain. Because, you know, I started working with divination practices when I was like 11 or 12. I didn't even know that stuff existed. Well, I didn't know it was called divination. Like I had this deck of playing cards that I would ask yes and no questions to. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. so cool. And I made up this whole spirit named Michael who was like my guide. And he was like – he like died on these railroad tracks. I had this whole story that I made up. Yeah, I was 11. And and I took this deck of playing cards and I burned the sides of them to make them look all old and, you know, awesome. And then I would ask them yes and no questions and Michael would answer me. Of course he would. I know because he's very helpful. That's why he's my guide. So (laughs) – he always answered the way you wanted. <laughs> no, he didn't actually. That he was didn't. that was when I eventually freaked myself out pretty hard on those. Oh. Um, there was a point where I was like, hmm, this is kind of creeping me out. I don't think I'm going to do this anymore. Uh-huh. And I did put them away for a short time, but not very long because I like to be scared when I was that age. Because um, it makes you feel alive. Right. It's like thrilling. It is thrilling. Yeah. Now I'm like, no, please, I don't want to be scared. <laughs> <laughs> you're freaking me out yeah so yeah no, i don't like that anymore but there was a time um but yeah I, st- I started with divination practices and then building on that uh my good friend andrea savar who has been on this podcast but and also um in some of my lives over on facebook she gifted me a card set the gypsy fortune telling cards hmm. set and i think i was maybe 13 when she gave me those those were cool. I still have them. They're really cool. Uh, Veronica's smiling at me. I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I'm curious as to what these cards look I should like. I'll show I you. Know. I probably yeah. have them on hand. I'll show you before you leave today. Um, but then I got my first deck of tarot cards when I was like 16. And so that was really that and like potions and the idea Mm -hmm. of spells all of that really drew me in young but i didn't associate it with necessarily a spiritual path i've always been fascinated by the occult even as a very small child so all of that has been a a calling maybe a beginning yeah we've talked about this before how different our beginnings are yeah because like i grew up christian like and I had no exposure at all to any I mean maybe like in the movies mm-hmm. but that that was the evil stuff right you know that was not a good thing right it was all very bad yeah so I wouldn't have even looked at that I didn't even look at that and tarot I didn't even get into tarot till I was older like uh-huh. way even past all like I never got into divination well, actually scrying was the first thing I was oh, really yeah. into oh yeah I used to do that too yeah I was scrying what is inside this bowl of water? Exactly. <laughs> or like pouring the black ink. Yeah. In and like watching the, you know. Design unfold. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what got you into goddess studies? Like what what was the pull there? My sister. Oh, okay. My older sister. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I did know this. Started um, taking classes actually at, um, with recl- the reclaiming community and um she was definitely a huge influence in my life, most of, most of all my life. And so when she was, we lived together, she was like, oh, hey, I found this group and it's, they're super cool. And um, I'm taking these classes. And I kind of like watched from afar and was like kind of interested. And then she took a drumming class mm-hmm. and she was like, hey, you want to take this drumming class? And that's kind of where I started. Okay. Was with the music. Mm-hmm. Like, and the drumming and the rhythm and I love, you know, I love the drumming and the dancing and, and all of that. So that kind of got me in like into the back door 
and then there was oh they're casting a circle and that was all new for me like mm-hmm. I didn't even know what I mean I think I knew a little bit because of Native American practices uh-huh. that I'd heard of and seen growing up in Arizona <clears throat> but I didn't know like people did that like that was Native American you know that's like that's a whole nother practice, you know, right. that it felt I very didn't... culturally based to you. Exactly. Uh-huh. That I wasn't exposed, like that wasn't like where, you know, I was born Christian. Like, right. that's not a demon. That's my dog. <laughs> Just heads up. <laughs> Barking at a neighbor passing. Growling. The growling is don't be yeah. frightened. That's legit. <laughs> Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. I just, no, I think it's like super cool that you even got started so early and then like you had this intuition of like I'm gonna use these playing cards you know like that's for me I'm like that's unusual but maybe it isn't well I was trying to talk to ghosts Uh I was into trying to communicate with spirits like like way back in the way back machine when I think when I was like well you guys probably heard me talk about thinking Casper lived in my closet when I was three but when I was nine I had my first like sleepover with people where we talked about ghosts and there was this whole story that was told during that time this is totally going off topic but there was this whole story told about this woman my friend's woman she was a kid we were nine Her grandmother had died and there were these images that were taken of the memorial and the coffin. And apparently the grandmother was sitting on the coffin in these pictures. Now I never saw the pictures, but it was enough to freak my nine-year-old self out. And it was the first time I had cognizance of like, I'm going to die someday. My mom's going to die someday. I can remember, Mm. I can literally remember what the light looked like in my living room when I went home crying to my mom that I was going to die someday. Wow. But that opened this whole door to me to want to be able to communicate with the other side. And then my fascination just kind of deepened from there. So I think that tapping into using the playing cards was really a way to communicate since mm-hmm. I didn't have a Ouija board. I mean, what's wrong with my parents for not getting me a Ouija board when I was 11? <laughs> so weird. But <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I mean, and then intuitively it did grow from there to other things, to tapping in. To, to source. Mm-hmm. Um, but my practice in the beginning, when I first started getting into some of these more foundational practices like grounding, casting a circle, all of that, um, it, it was very by the book. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do it right. Totally. Um, I wanted to learn the appropriate ways to do things. And I think um, for me, I took an elements of magic class through reclaiming. Yeah locally and then I took it again when I went to witch camp and both the times I took it we explored all these different ways of using the elements to like cast circles and you know it it was cool to it gave me permission yes to to go stretch out a little bit yeah to be like oh wait I could try this and it's not wrong I could do this and it's not wrong I'm still good (laughs) and it feels good too yes you can still feel the energy so you're like oh okay wow like I'm still, I'm doing it differently, but I can still feel the energy. Yes. And it's coming from me, you know, yeah, or through me. Yep. And I feel like it's more authentic when you get to that place. Yeah. Like in the beginning, there's, for me, there was so much structure and needing to do it in that structured way that it took away some of the vitality of my own energy because I was trying to conform. Oh, totally. But once I started shifting, so this is 
the reason I wanted to bring all of this up today is because I've really been thinking a lot about this as I've been stepping into my next cohort of the priestess path, um, which is this year long journey uh, that I host it, it, one of the things, the pieces, it is all building blocks, but one of the pieces is looking at these foundational practices. And as I've been preparing for the next cohort to begin, I've been really thinking a lot about my own foundational practices and like, well, what were the origins of those? And mm -hmm. if somebody was just starting out, what are the things they need to know? And how do you learn to trust yourself? Because ultimately that's the thing I want people to do is to mm -hmm. learn how to trust themselves. And it's really a process. Oh yeah. Yeah. But don't you feel, well, I won't put words in your mouth, so I'll just say, yeah. I feel like the fact that I had some of those um, very rigid rules or structure in the beginning really created this base for me to work off of and to expand on. And had I not, had somebody just said, here's fire, do with it what you will, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Uh I don't, I think it was good to have a foundation to kind of tweak and twist and grow. Well, I, I feel like, I mean, just for my own personal personality, mm -hmm. like I like structure. So that was helpful for me to have like a structure to, and, and it, it, ha it held that container, mm -hmm. you know, of like, okay, this is, you know, we start on this way. This is the way we go around in the circle and, you know instead of like calling random elements or random deities, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but I've also seen it done that way mm -hmm. where people, you know, it's, it's done differently and maybe a little bit what at the time I would have judged as sloppy. Yeah. But um, does it mean that it's any less magical and like some people like to work that way, mm -hmm. you know? And like that speaks to them as like, that's authentic for them. Um, but for me, I felt like having that initial structure of like east air and we start here and then we move here. And um, it did give me space to be able to 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 jump off of. Totally. Like I had a platform that I could jump off of. So maybe if I saw a different practice and it started in the north, I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm never going to do that. You know, but I was like, oh, okay, let's try the North first. You know, it's so funny because I remember in the beginning, I did see people like I would like check out different classes or rituals uh -huh. or whatever it might be, or I'd pick up a book that came from a different background or a different culture, and it might do things differently than the way I had first learned them. Uh -huh. And I'd be like, oh, these people are doing it wrong. You know, like that was <laughs> you what can't was... start in the North. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and then I'd say in the last, you know, well, I mean, probably since we started our group, even so the last 16 years 17 years um i feel like learning from other people and watching how other people do it has been really eye-opening for yeah. me and and expansive i That's love the, that me yeah. too i love it it just enriches it and totally doesn't mean that i'm gonna do it that way right. but you know maybe i'll try it or maybe i'll do it you know add that a piece of what they shared you know in with what i try you know right exactly so yeah. yeah. And, and being more open instead of like, oh, that's wrong. It's like now that I'm more comfortable in my own practice, because I am, I'm very comfortable in my own mm -hmm. practice. I'm very comfortable with where, how I craft ritual and uh, my relationship to the elements. And there's always room for growth. Yep. So even though I might have started in one place, as with everything, we evolve and it doesn't have to hold that rigidity. And we want to evolve, yes. really. I mean, yes. it's boring to stay at the same place. I mean, and not like, 
you know, then usually you take a class or you, you know, you maybe, you know, start researching or do, you know, stretching out, talking with other people in your community to kind of like, okay, like I've been doing this the same way for how long and I'm looking for something else, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Or reading a new book. Yep. Or listening to a new book. (laughs) But yes, that, that is, I feel like it's really um, so much more fulfilling when you allow yourself to be open to other possibilities instead of just being rigid. And yet there is this value in starting off with a little bit more rigidity. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The foundation. Foundation. I mean, rigidity yeah. doesn't yeah. even feel right, but I guess structure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and I know that when, um, when I reflect on my own journey, this really is how I put together this priestess path because after it, it, as, as that journey occurs, so did my own journey. Right. So it's like you learn these foundational practices and then you start doing that personal work. Yep. So I tried to structure that within uh, the priestess path by looking at different archetypes in ourselves and doing shadow work and uh, attuning to our bodies with our sacred sensuality. But that's all work that we do as we move through our lives, mm-hmm. right? In our, it's it's just not as um, focused. Yeah. You're like, yeah. I'm going to sit down and do this meditation that yeah. has me go and see my five-year-old self. Right. And <laughs> Or we might do that, but we, do, we don't usually like most of us aren't like, I'm going to spend a month diving into the made mother and prone aspects of myself. Yeah. Right. But they do, we do, we do that work over time and in different ways. Yeah. Sometimes intentionally, sometimes not. Intentionally. Yeah. You might get in a fight with your mom and all of a sudden all the mom stuff comes up or, yes. you know, and you're like, okay, I have to deal with this. Mm-hmm. Like, and maybe in a different way this time, because this keeps coming up, you know? Huh. <laughs> almost sounds like you're speaking from experience oh maybe. <laughs> i think probably most people out there can relate on some level yeah 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 our, our, but i feel like that's how the personal like in real life that's how kind of how personal you know growth happens yes. it's kind of just like in your face well, and being willing to look at it. Yeah. Not just like, oh, that happened and screw that. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> just so easy to do. It's so easy, especially when you're triggered. Yeah. But uh, but to actually like look at what is this yeah. pattern that's unfolding? What's my role in it? All of that. And to, uh, you know, the more you deepen that relationship with yourself, I think it alters your spiritual practice. Oh, big time. Yeah. Yep. I mean, my relationship with my tarot deck is completely different now at 44 than it was at 16. Oh, yeah. Completely different. So it's like, even though we might have tools, which is is also, you know, part of uh, the way I organize that course, is that we do the, the deeper work and then we dive into yeah. tool usage. But in our own lives, as we... <laughs> Uh-oh, we're going to get barking. As we... <laughs> do our own personal work, our relationship with tools that we have changes and our relationship with our ability to connect with different tools changes. So it might be that something that never, ever resonated for you at one point in your life, suddenly a door opens because you've done a piece of work for yourself. Yep. um, And you see, I'm using air quotes in a different way. Yeah. Or something might drop away, you know, like you might be super like into a, a, like, let's say you're using your pendulum all the time, or I'm, you know, and you're, oh, I notice I'm not using it anymore, you know, in the capacity that I've used it in the past, mm-hmm. you know, or I don't need it right now. I'm going to do something else. Like I'm more called to something else and allowing yourself to evolve, like with, you know, 
with your practice really. Mm -hmm. And what's, what's helpful for you right now? You know, yes. like the pendulum for me is like the yes and no thing. Like, it's almost like the, the final, I was like, oh, I don't know what to do. Yes or no. And like asking my pendulum, you know, and yes. so the more I become more confident in myself, I know the less I grab in the pendulum, you uh -huh. know, the less I'm reaching for that tool. I might be like, oh, I want to, I want more of an inquiry, inquiry. Yeah. Inquiry. inquiry. That sounds you got really it. strange to me. Um, so I might pick a tarot or a rune and like really go like, okay, what is this saying right now mm -hmm. to like go a little deeper than the yes or the no. Right. What is that yes or no about? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it, yeah. I mean, I just almost went on a tangent about using pendulums, but I will, I'll stop myself. That's a great example, Veronica. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I know a pendulum is not just for yes or no, but for some reason. That no, no. That's always been my final line. It, well, it is yeah. one of my final lines. When yeah. I have a really hard time making decisions about something, mm -hmm. if there's something that I'm feeling really drawn to, but for some reason I can't just yep. jump, I can't leap on it. Yeah, I I'm, will sit down and do the pendulum yeah. work and be like, is this the right time for this? Yes or yeah. no? Like, Yes or no, please just yes. tell me. <laughs> just hook me up. Because I keep going back and forth about this. But the thing about that, this is totally off topic, by the way. But the thing about that is that even if you get a yes, but there's something in your body that's still saying no, it's important to examine what that no's mm -hmm. about and to not just jump over your no because your pendulum told you yes. Yeah. Well, and sometimes when I get a yes, I'll be like, oh, but. Yeah. I will. Yeah. I'll be like, oh, but. So I'm like, it's not like, oh, I'm going to do exactly what my pendulum says. It makes me think okay, well, maybe I'm not ready for this or, or what am I afraid of? Think about this a little more. Yeah. What are the risk factors yeah. here? You know, what's the commitment? What all that stuff? Like, where is my, maybe, maybe this is the thing that's in my highest good. Mm -hmm. And maybe I'm not ready to take that step yeah. into my highest good yet. Yep. And that's okay. It's okay. And, and that's an evolution. And like, we're talking about evolution in our practice, like mm -hmm. in it's the tools that yes. you're drawn to that you need you know, to help move forward. Right. It's an, and it's an evolution in the way that you're working with your tools, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's, I think that's what you're saying because, um, if you, if your pendulum tells you yes and you go, well, then I better just do that. <laughs> Even if your body is saying no, yep. then it kind of defeats the purpose. Like you're giving, you're giving away your power to a tool mm -hmm. instead of examining what's happening underneath that. Yep. So I feel like and I, maybe all spiritual paths are like this, but I feel like for me, this particular spiritual path and the, the one that I am on and committed myself to has, it requires personal work all the time. It's not just, uh, do it this way, do it this way, make sure you cast your circle and use this tool. And then you use it this way. None of that. Like my body and myself are the biggest tools and the biggest, um, asset that I have in this journey. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know what really dawns or popped into my head was this the idea of the new moon and the full moon and like um, that we keep coming back to these cycles mm -hmm. of like letting go and then what do you want in your life? And that's all personal growth. Yes. You know, when you're going with the cycles of the earth and the moon and everything Seasons. and how that relates to your body yes. and in your life because we have these cycles you know, yeah. then it makes sense that you're going to grow, you know, some, somehow there's totally. going to be growth involved, you know, that you're going to be letting something go that you don't need anymore. And you're going to be picking something up. Well, that would be the hope. Yeah. 
I mean, there are definitely ways to get stuck in that pattern and and we can become victims to those patterns. Mm -hmm. You know, it's part of our human condition that we can go down that path. Uh, (laughs) So there is, I think there is always a calling to make a choice. Are you choosing growth right now? Because it is a choice. Yeah. And you can be like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to. No, I don't want to right now. No, thank you. Darn it. (laughs) Stop sending me down this path. I don't want it. Yuck. (laughs) (laughs) But chances are you'll come up to that crossroads again. At some point. Totally. And it might look totally different. You might be ready. You might be, you know. So Veronica, my question to you is, as you've gone on your path, you know, we do this, we're just saying, you know, you, you do all this growth and this evolution. Do you feel like there's other building blocks? You know, we touched on like foundational practices, personal growth, all the tools and your relationship with those tools. Do you think there's other building blocks that maybe we forgot to mention? Um, I, the one thing that pops into my head as you asked me that is, um, working with other people. Oh yeah. And good one. The dynamic of within working in our circle, because it's very different than working solitary solitary. And then there's been times when the group has really fed my practice Uh and has fueled certain, um, growth patterns. Uh And then there's times when it's been the opposite where it's been, my own personal journey has um, flourished flourished, and I've fed the group mm-hmm. what I have, you know, and hope, hoping that, you know, that was helpful you know, totally. for everyone else that was a part of that. That's such a great point. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So the, the human piece of, of other people <laughs> yes. in the mix. Yeah. yeah. And not practicing just by yourself and, uh, and feeling what that feels like, because the benefits of that include learning from other people mm-hmm. and also include learning how to, how to move, move and work with energy in a group setting, because it's not mm-hmm. all your own. It's not all just connecting to source. It's like collective and it's really powerful. Yeah. Now there's downsides to that too, Heck but yeah, and working in a group yeah, yeah. is challenging and, um, it's like a marriage. You have to work on it. Um, because there's dynamics and there's humaning happening. <laughs> yeah. And there's reflections about yourself. Totally you know? about yourself and then communication within yep. the group and structure and magic is not all magic. <laughs> I think there's another podcast in there that yeah. we talked about. Yeah. We were discussing this <laughs> yesterday and I'm like, yeah, this is so true. But yes, I'm glad you brought that up, that idea of working in a group. Um, so I just want to say to anybody who might be listening right now, this is June 8th of 2021. Um, if you're feeling like these are all building blocks that you either have or you want to gain or you want to begin to deepen, um, I am offering my Priestess Path course, which is a 12 lesson, 13 moon course. It goes for the duration of a year. And it actually includes that piece mm-hmm. that Veronica just talked about in addition to learning foundational practices uh, and getting to practice them within the container of a group doing some personal inner growth work um, also within the container of a group and then also digging into tools, different tools. And you may already have some tools, but what is your relationship to those and how does that shift and change as you begin to look at these other pieces, these other building blocks? And we culminate it all in initiation at the end. um, Sounds like a really, really amazing journey. Thank you. Yeah. It was really inspired by so much of the work that we have done, my own journey, but also the work that we've done in our circle. 
So uh, some of you know that Veronica and I have been in the circle together for 17 years, and we are the last two remaining members from the yeah, OG yeah. <laughs> <laughs> goddess studies group. Yeah, but we did start with a year and a day, and we initiated. We did. Ourselves. After a year and a day, yeah. we did do an, a self-initiation, which yeah. I think we should have a whole podcast talking about initiation because it's a really yes. powerful thing and a powerful right. Um, and and I think there's so many different ways to do that. And sometimes we look to other people to initiate us. Yep. Um, but we just went and did it ourselves. Heck yeah. And you know what? <laughs> that was, I think, even more powerful because we really crafted an experience for ourselves. And that's really when I created the priestess path, what I wanted to imbue into that experience for people is that it's not me saying, you are now initiated. Like yeah. that's not my gate to open for you. It's coming that's, from inside. Yes. Yeah. It's that threshold that you, I can hold that container for you to have that experience you're the one stepping across that threshold and claiming that for yourself. So are people signing up for this like now? Or Yeah, my registration's okay. open um, right now until the 16th. Yeah. And then the doors close um, at least for another six months. And um, I will put the link in the description of this podcast. You can also just hop over to wisewomanwitchery.com and click on the membership and priestess path uh, page on my website. And that will tell you more about the actual journey, give you some of the logistics and give you the link to click for registration. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for asking, Veronica. <laughs> Talk about these things. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I hope we've given you some stuff to think about uh, as far as your own journey thus far, wherever you are, whether you're just at the beginning of your path or you've been practicing for years. These are all building blocks that you can come back to and grow and work with over time. You know, personal growth is never done happening. Our whole lives. Ugh. We're so, so blessed <laughs> to have that as a human race. Uh, I love that you just said that like that. I was like, oh, I feel tired. <laughs> I say blessed because sometimes it doesn't feel like yes, that. And totally. sometimes it's like, it's in retrospect. Yes. You know? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, it, it is. We are we are really blessed to be able to do that. When we, our brains and our emotional bodies are pretty amazing. So um, that continues. Our relationship with our tools continue. And the the relationship that we have with those foundational practices always has room to grow and shift and change. Which is awesome. It is because, awesome. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I get tired of doing the same thing the same way. I do too. You know? I do too. I try to mix yeah. it up as much as I can. For sure. I mean, and that's, again, the beauty of meeting in our circle. Yep. So we can just, we could just circle around and around this Anyways, again and again, you, saying everyone. the same thing <laughs> in different ways. But yes, thank you for joining us here on The Witch Next Door. And we'll be back next week. Uh, and, and for those of you that are like, but wait, what happened last week? Well, it, it just happened. It didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't there. And everything and, uh, fell to pieces. Uh, yeah, yeah. Rodney didn't kidding. show up. Everything went to total crap. I didn't know what to do without her. No, I uh, my Tuesday got a little hijacked, and then I started a cleanse on Wednesday, and then everything everything got changed. <laughs> everything changed. It's like how do I how do I live in the yeah, world while I'm cleansing my body? I don't even know. It's been amazing. It's good. It's really good, and I feel um, I feel really good here on day seven of the 10 days. Good job. Thank you. Oh, um, but that's it. what happened to the podcast. I cleansed it right out of the week. <laughs> but here it is this week. Here it is so this thank week. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. We'll be back next week. Take good care and keep it magical, everyone. 
Thanks so much for listening to Witch Next Door. If you like what you hear, you can click the anchor support link in the description of this podcast. And if you want to help other people like you find us, you can do that by... You can rate us, you can review us, or you can subscribe. Right? Yeah. And you can do all those things. You could just <laughs> click the little stars, you know, and give us like little some comments. cold stars and a little comment. Yeah. How was this for you? You know, whatever. Love it. I totally love it. it. That way people who are checking out podcasts will be like, hmm, that Veronica and Emily sound like an interesting listen. I think I'll pop over there or, wow, they're off the hook. We'll go listen to them. Those people can't stop laughing. <laughs> must be so- there must be something good here. I could use a good laugh. Yeah. Anyway, so do that, please. We'd appreciate it. It does help other people find our podcast. And uh, and then we also really love to hear from you. So if you have feedback, that's another way to get it to us. Uh, you can also always write us at wisewomanwitchery at sonic.net. Thank you for joining us on The Witch Next Door. Join us next week as we explore more ways to make every day more magical. Can't wait? Visit wisewomanwitchery.com or follow Wise Woman Witchery on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on all current offerings and be a part of the tribe. All episodes are created by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade Lewis. Music written and performed by Jean Cornelius.